Hi, friends. My name is Maria McNeil Phelps, and this is the McNeil Voice Studio Podcast. Here we'll be exploring the journey of discovering your true voice, whether it is exploring your purpose or calling or your speaking or singing voice. We're going to talk with others about their journey and look for inspiration and ways to fall in love with the process of self-discovery. So here we go. Hello and welcome to the McNeil Voice Studio Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Paloma Carmona. Uh, Paloma moved to the United States from Mexico at the age of 12. She has a bachelor's degree in business from Lindsay Wilson College and is a DACA recipient. Paloma states that she is a Christian and loves to serve her community, her church, and all people around her. Her ongoing prayer is to always make the world a better place. I strongly feel Paloma is already doing this by sharing her story in our community in Somerset, Kentucky and participating in groups like Laura's Lady, Laura's Ladies, where we actually met. Uh, Laura's Ladies is basically a small group of women that share a mission to create or enhance an environment for the transformative power of racial reconciliation. So big shout out to them and the founding members of Laura's Ladies, uh, Betty Cook, Cheryl Polk, Cassandra McNeil, um, Maria Piles, and Terry Anderson Hardwick. These ladies are a force of love in this community and truly support lifting the voices of all, including myself and my very special guest, Paloma. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, no, no problem. It's a pleasure, actually. <laughs> It's an honor, thanks. Thank you so much. So um, today we are actually recording in March, but our episode is going to air in September. So I thought uh, we could chat about Hispanic Heritage Month, and that is starting September 15th through October 15th. And if you don't know anything about it, basically it began as a way to promote the history, culture, and contributions of Hispanic Americans. So um, it has roots going all the way back to 1968 and celebrates the anniversary of independence of five Latin American countries. So Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and then Mexico, Chile, and Belize also celebrate their independence days during this time The period. 16th is the next after. Mexico is the next after. Yeah. The next day after. <laughs> so, um... Paloma, tell me a little bit about Hispanic Heritage Month. Like, what does that mean to you? Well, I actually learned, uh, I don't know how long has it been that it was Hispanic, you know, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, but I actually started learning this when I was in, in college. Matter of fact, I didn't even know this existed when I was in high school. But when I was in college, I learned because there's, in Lindsay, there's a lot of foreign students mm -hmm. from different, I mean, different nations, like, Nations I didn't even heard about, like Finland and, you know. <laughs> so um, they kind of tried to celebrate things that would kind of get us together or whatever. Good. So I had a lot of friends uh, from all South America. Like, uh, I mean, I had even Cubans, Haitians, I mean, from everywhere. So, which uh, uh, it was, I had friends from Puerto Rico, uh, Cuba, uh, Venezuela, Colombia. Let me see. I'm, I'm just thinking here. Uh, well, anyway, they were... Oh, Paraguay. Tons of them. <laughs> tons. Never, never. I have never met people from down that road, but they're funny. They're really great people. Anyway, so all of them... Uh, Argentina, too. So and we were like 20 of them. 20 or 15 that we always get together at lunchtime and everything. So I started seeing, seeing uh, uh, sharing things on Facebook on Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay's page of how like uh, this is a uh, Hispanic Heritage Month and I, that from that point on I have always started wow. celebrating that so then I remember that I got all 
as much he spent as I could get. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to take a picture together. <laughs> so we went to this big, uh, we went to this big road uh, where it was, uh, it said, uh, uh, Lindsay Wilson College, it was a brick. It, and then we all sit there. I don't know if I still have the picture. But we were, it was around 25 of us from different countries. And we took a picture and we posted. And then since that, I knew. And I imagine that, you know, they actually choose September because I think the majority of the Hispanic nations or Latin American countries have, uh, you know, they have their independence that day. Right. And and that's a, that's a really good, you know, month to celebrate Hispanic. Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Well, that's so. so cool that you got the inspiration to um, be active about it in yeah. college. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I know when, when I was younger, I definitely did not <laughs> know anything about it. Yeah. Um, what are, you what are gonna learn as you go? Really. Yeah. But I love it. I think yeah. we should be doing that. What are some ways? So you got your community together at co- in college. Right. What are some other ways that we can be supporting this community more? Well, see, um, there was another idea after almost. Let's see. Yeah, I graduated college after I think we started on yeah 2018 was our first one um the difference between and it, this is very confusing because one one thing that I have noticed that uh I, I guess I should say the United States love or, or you know it's Cinco de Mayo everyone <laughs> loves that for some random reason I don't know why and that's very unique because that only is celebrating in Mexico nobody else celebrates that because and the story behind it, everybody thinks that it's our independence. It's not right. our independence. <laughs> what it is, is that the French wanted to conquer us. And we were supposed to lose because we were obviously, come on, French always been, you know, a strong nation compared to us. We were we were just land, really. And uh, back in that day. So I remember, um, I remember reading... Where, you know, in school, obviously, when you're little, they tell you, so, you know. And when I came to the United States, and I'm like, why is everybody celebrating Cinco de Mayo? Like, they get crazy about it. You go, listen, you go to a Mexican restaurant on Cinco de Mayo, it's full, it's loaded. I don't know if it's because of the margaritas or what, but I'm telling you. They said, this is, this is how crazy it is. Cinco de Mayo is way more celebrated in the United States than in Mexico. Not even kidding. No, I'm not kidding. It's the truth. So... I remember that I, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a great idea. And I go to a, a Rich for Jesus. That's a missionary church. Mm. So they have missions everywhere. They have missions in Romania. They had missions in um, uh, the Middle East. They have missions in uh, Guatemala and Mexico. So um, I was trying to find a way to help them, to help my church financially in, in, in the in the um what is it called? The foundation that's connected to it, that Somerset Foundation. And I was trying to trying to help the way, like, how can I help, you know, um, have more funds to help and grow? Yeah. Um, you know, help people and, 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 and spread the gospel, right? So um, I had this idea. And I said, oh, well, I'm going to... Because I, I was like, well, what well, well, we have to offer Mexican food and our heritage. This is what we have to offer. And it seems like people in the United States embrace that. So I was like, well, I'm going to get together with my, with some, with actually Anna. You don't remember Anna? Yeah. Uh, one of a <laughs> member of our church. She's very, she is very good at uh, 
always trying to help people. So I, I chose her to talk to this about her uh, with her. And she, I told her, I said, we should do it for independ- for Independence Day. But she then she said, then she said, well, you know what? I said, I think it will be, she said, it will be better if we do it uh, on, on May, Cinco de Mayo. And I was like, well, that's a perfect idea. She said, because if you notice, everybody celebrates Cinco de Mayo in the United States. It should be a holiday, I'm telling you. It's funny. So anyway, so that's how uh, Cinco de Mayo came up uh, here in the United, I'm sorry, Somerset, Kentucky. And we started in 2018. Uh, we did uh, we did on the in the Center for Rural Development. And people doesn't know much about it, but, um, you know, uh, we got the first one probably around 240 people maybe. Yeah, so for people that don't know... Um Paloma and Anna, I yeah. think they like they basically created this event on Cinco de Mayo to really teach people about Mexico, I think, right. specifically, right? Because, right. like, I went there once, and they had food from, like, different regions. Different states. Yeah. yeah. I was, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of really good food. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... And like, the folkloric dances. And- yeah, dancing and music. Um, so the, this was a way for you to teach the community exactly. to lift the voices of the Hispanic people exactly. or Mexican people in exactly. our community. And that way, uh, it was like a... a uh, both ways you know I was trying to bring this uh my heritage because I know I feel like people like it and it's great you know so uh, to teach them like the food the regions the everything the background but then at the same time help like people in Mexico see yeah help them the poor or whatever so the the, the first day the first year was 2018 it was uh around two 240 the the Second year, 2019, it was hitting the 300, 400, wow. something like that. So, um, you know, we couldn't do it, obviously, because of the pandemic. This 2020 and 2021, we just stopped. Because it's a year long of preparation. I mean, it's so, big. So a way people can can do this, like, you went out and you created events. Yeah. And so anyone in the world, anyone in this country can yeah. go out, create yeah. events, spark interest. Yeah. And I'm I'm so appreciative that you guys have done this yeah. here. And we're I'm actually in the diversity you are too probably diversity council. So there's ideas where people talk and stuff and they have asked me about Cinco de Mayo too. And I am very I'm very happy that people can embrace that and understand the difference and you know, it because it's great. It's when you understand diversity is it's so great. You want you it's you appreciate that, you yes. Know? Well, um, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into your personal story. Right. Tell me what it was like moving from the United States at twelve years old. Oh, it was hard. It was it was it was it was definitely shocking. But I will tell you this: even though it was shocking, even though it was um, hard, difficult, and kind of like what's going on in my life, you know. I feel I felt very welcome. I really did. Uh, there, the United States has a way to welcome people. That's why everybody has, you know, everybody wants to come. It's just the way that you know. Later on, it's a different story, but this is how I felt. You know, um, in school, I mean, teachers way way, they helped me so much. I remember one teacher. It was my history teacher. I, I didn't know English, and that was the hardest part because I remember one day wow. I was so mad. I was so mad at myself, and they were trying to help me. I promise you. I remember 
this teacher trying to help me understand and it was it wasn't her fault it wasn't my fault i just it was a language barrier yeah so what i did i just walked out of the room and sat in the hallway i was 12 yeah. and cried mm. that's all i did cried and i was like why am i here you know thinking in my head but i'm so thankful that yeah. I'm, I'm here you know um i was like why am i here why am i feel this way why this why that and but you know i fear i the teachers were very supportive of of helping me understand and learning and and I finally did. I did have an ESL teacher, um, but she was not there every day. I had to face my own obstacles, you know. Wow. She was there like two, three days a week. Uh, if I was behind on homework, then she would explain and stuff like that. But it wasn't Maria Piles was my ESL teacher. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did, I I did. Uh, you know, learn real fast, I think, personally, because uh, I like languages. I got interested after I learned, after I went to my obstacles and, you know. So there was no, like, subtle coming in. It was like, No, it spam. was a shock. It was like, they're here, <laughs> go on. Like, it was, it really it was hard for somebody that's 12. I mean, you're just now finding yourself. And yeah. then you're going to a foreign country where the culture is different, the food is different, the, the, the people is different. The language different. This is like, where am I in the world? Like, literally, where in the world am I? Like, but what brought you to um, the United States? My parents were here. Okay. So, see, even though my parents were here, even though I, I stopped seeing my dad. My dad came first two years before me. Then my mom came a year after my dad was here. And then I came after my mom a year after my mom was here. Wow. So I hadn't seen my parents. My, I hadn't seen my mom in one year and I hadn't seen my dad in two years. Wow. Even though I wasn't, I hadn't seen them in two years um, or one year, my mom tears my dad. I want to go back. I was like, I want to go back. I was homesick. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be here. This is weird. I can't fit in. You know, it was a matter of time, though. Like, now. Yeah. <laughs> you have embraced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, but well, it's hard. And it, it's it's hard. And it's, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy to come to a foreign country. It really isn't. You know, in your pre-interview, you, you spoke a little bit about your faith. Right. And, um, you know, how what brought you to your faith? And, and tell us any kind of special moment you had with that. Well, uh, I think, you know, we we don't understand God's ways. God's ways are way greater than our ways. And like I said at the beginning, when I first came to the United States, I was like, I want to go back. Why am I doing here? But, you know, God always has a, a purpose for everybody. And I know for a fact that it was God's purpose for me to be here. Like, this is where, in this territory, is where I found um, my calling, my mm. my purpose. This is where I found him, period. So, you know, it's hard because, you know, there is a lot of uh, uh, controversies about foreign people coming to their sites. But I'm telling you. It's the great thing that could ever happen when you come to a country and you found God. It's, it's, mm. I really think that that's the way God uses this country. Because I know this country was based in biblical principles, you know. Mm. God was here since the beginning. And, and, and this country, there's people all over the nation I know for a fact. They praise all the time. Praise to God. And, and 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 they have no idea the way God moves. And I'm telling you, when I came here, my parents were already Christian. My mom was already Christian. My dad was kind of half, but, you know, he, mm -hmm. he came along a lot. But I was, you know, that was another bar where I was so shocking because I was like, I'm never going to church when I was little. 
But that's helped me so much because coming to the United States was just one ups- obstacle I had to face. I mean, after that, it's another one. And another one, that's just life. Yeah. And in having to know that my creator brought me here for a reason and I have a purpose and a mission, it makes me feel grateful because it makes me help it helps me work harder because I feel like out of gratitude I have to give back to what this country has given me Mm. and you know and God has taught me that in ways that I've never you know never thought I could understand tell me is there a pivotal moment that you felt really discouraged and and that you were able to overcome and and how did you do it there was there was actually several there was there was uh let me see the one that I remember right now, because I do have several, the one that I remember right now was when um when I was going to, to when I was going to transfer from from college to college. I went to Somerset Community College for three years and then I was I was I had to transfer to another uh university or college to finish my uh, you know, I'm I'm a first generation. Uh they graduated from college, so Yay. it was yeah. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was hard. It was hard, but you know, with God, everything is possible. And uh, I remember one day I was I actually when I started college, I had to work full time and um, and uh, study full time. So I remember, and I had to work nights. The first three months where I started working at a new life industries. I'm sure it's just. Light one. Great, great people, by the way. Anyway, and um, so I started working there, and I remember I worked nights from, like, 8 to, like, 7 in the morning. Wow. Then uh, at 9, I had my first class. I didn't sleep 30 minutes, maybe, and my mom had to woke me up. I didn't have a car, so she had to take me. It was it was, it was was crazy wow. the first the first year of college. It was, I think, the hardest. Um, I didn't have the first six months, the first semester, I didn't have a job, so my dad paid for my first semester, which I'm forever wow. thankful and um then second one I had a job and everything but you know then anyway I went you know it was time for me to transfer and I didn't have the money Mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't you know the first two years of college is just genetic so you can handle kind of working and studying you can but then the I think the last two years are the harder because you're focusing on your career what is it that you're focusing on and you know all this stuff so I was thinking I was like I don't think I can do I can continue to do that like working and you know I don't I don't I just don't think and I said you know I don't have the money even if I work full-time there's no way that I'm going to be able to pay for all my college and which whichever school I would go to doesn't matter so then I uh, I talked to my to my uh, I was a student ambassador at Somerset Community College and Melissa Winston was the or is still the coordinator mm-hmm. oh she's she's an angel <laughs> she really is you know God God really puts people on your way on, on your path and they help you and they have no idea the way god used them i mean it's it's mystery really <laughs> so anyway she was you know she always helped me and she they she helped me to connect with our universities and see what they could do whatever anyway so long story short i remember one day it was sad it was just sad because you know i didn't know what when the world so i remember i was working now i was working day shifts and and I was working part-time with them. So anyway, one day I was just coming from work, I remember. And I didn't have money for a book. I didn't have money for a book. And um, I said, 
I didn't even spoke. Like, this is the most divine thing ever. I didn't even say anything out loud. I, I kept it in my heart. But I was talking to myself in my heart. And I said to, to God, I, 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 was, I remember I didn't have money for a book. And I was, I didn't want to ask my parents because I knew they had, you know, things to buy too and stuff. So, but my dad, I guess he kind of noticed, you know, how God the parents are. So he said, I have the money for the book if you, if you need it. And I said, yeah. But I was so sad inside of me. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anything to him, obviously, but I just said, okay. And then he said, okay, we'll go get it. And I said, would you come with me? And he said, um, he said, yeah. And then I said, will you drive? Because I was that sad. He said, sure. And then, um, you know, I, I was like, okay. Then so he um, he was driving, and and I guess he just noticed I was I'm not a quiet person, as you can see, <laughs> and I was just looking like I was just looking like down like up the window and looking through the sun on on our way to buy the book, and in my heart I remember I said I said God this is what I said God I know you have a purpose for me listen I just the way I'm telling you that's what was going on in my mind and heart I said. I know you have a purpose for me, but I don't know, this is what I said, I don't know if my purpose includes uh, that I'm supposed to be a college student. Because mm. I know how many, how many of your children, uh, this is, you know, me telling God, have fulfilled a purpose without even going to college. It's not a necessity if it's not part of your purpose. Right. And I said, if this is not part of my purpose, if I'm wasting my money, my time, and my energy on something that it doesn't inc- is not included in your purpose for my life, let me know. Because when you tell me no more, it's no more. I'm going to finish and I'll be like, and if anybody gets mad at me, I'll be like, this is what God told me. I believe this is what God told me. Put period, right? Mm-hmm. But th- this is what I said in my heart. I just said it like that, you know, because I was like, maybe I'm frustrated or whatever. This is what I was thinking. <laughs> but he heard me. I'm telling you, he heard me. Then days passed by, probably a week and a half. And one day I was coming from work and I was so tired. And I remember I said, oh, I'm so tired. I went into my into my house and I locked the door. And I'm telling you, I, I feel tired, like I was sleepy. I fell on the couch and I fell asleep. Mm. Like deeply, like super profound. And I remember um, I had a dream. And I had a dream where I saw myself... Um, walking in the white house but it was um i don't even know it was you know how you have those dreams where um and it's not like i was thinking about that white house like what <laughs> you know where you have those dreams where well you're thinking about something and then maybe you dream about it well it was related your unconscious talking to you Pfft, i wasn't thinking about that house obviously i wasn't thinking about the white house and i remember that um I had that dream that I was in the second floor in the White House. But it was, you know, those dreams where you're in one place, but then you're in another at the same time. That uh-huh. was that kind of dream. <laughs> I know I was in the White House, but in the second floor of the White House, it was like, it was like a, I was, I was in a, in a, in a, in a place that people was walking like in circles, but it was, it wasn't just any kind of people. It was like kings and queens and presidents from other nations. Like, you know, I, I knew I was walking among them. And then, and then I remember, I, didn't, I couldn't see myself, but because uh, I was, I was kind of like me there, but I couldn't see myself, but I knew I was there. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know, and I was walking among them, kind of like I was working, like that was my job. 
to do something with them or something. And then my my dream ended. And I was like, this is the coolest dream I've ever had in my life, you know? So I just didn't thought nothing of it. And then the week after that, a, uh, I went to church. And a person, I don't even know where he is anymore. But he just came to me and said, um, are you going to college? And I was like, and he, I don't think he ever even finished school. He just said that randomly. Uh-huh. He's just, you going to college? And I was like. Yes, you know it was weird, <laughs> and and he's like he's like well, I had a dream about you. He said, I dreamed that you were in an oval, oh table, sitting down with very distinguished people. He said, and you were taking notes of somebody. It was you were like a, a spoke person? He said, or some you were taking notes because you were talk you were going to talk. Uh, you were going to talk on behalf of someone very important. That's all he said. And I was like, okay. And then he said, um, I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you um, uh, to be encouraged. Don't dismay and continue on. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is this is crazy. <laughs> this is me like 20 years old. Okay? <laughs> I was thinking, and you know how God, you know, God takes forever. I mean, in my in, in our years, He takes forever, but for Him, one day, one day is like a million years, and one, a million years is like one day for Him. And our time is like forever, you know. This is forever going. I don't know when is that going to happen. I don't know if how is it going to happen. I don't know what that means. But in that moment, I know what God was telling me is, don't give up. Just continue. I have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not. I know that. God doesn't tell you everything, the obstacles you have to face, the, the things you have to go through to, to shape you to what he wants and has for you. But that moment, that's what I needed. Wow, that is so powerful to really connect to yourself. Listen, right? Exactly. Like you had to really listen to your dreams. You had to listen to the people around you. And you have to talk to your creator. Yeah. See, that, nobody, nobody else, Maria, knows you better than your creator. That, that's for everybody. Believer or no believer, that, that's that's the bottom line, really. Well, this leads me to something else you, you spoke about in your pre-interview, too. You said that you believe that we are like diamonds. We are. So t- t- tell me a little bit about that philosophy. Well, uh, I started believing that because in Ezekiel, I think it's 3.9 maybe, it talks about, about how God was going to fulfill his purpose. But he said he was going to face a people that were very harsh, very... I guess, heart in their hearts. And he said, but I have made you strong like a diamond. And it just, that's just stuck with me, you know, for, mm-hmm. for years. And, and, and when you go through troubles and tribulations and trials and just life and, 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 and failures, really, and just everything you go through in life and you, you hold on to God, he makes you better. He shapes you. He he brings the best out of you in the worst moments of your life. And that's where you become a diamond. Because diamonds is just coal, really, you know, like coal. They become something beautiful under pressure. Yeah. That's that's exactly I love what that. Yeah. 
Well, um, let's we're gonna change gears a little bit. Um, so according to there's this website called Four.us, and they're um, they support DACA recipients. Uh-huh. And so they have this quote here. They say that more than two hundred thousand DACA recipients are essential workers helping yep. our community survive yep. the coronavirus crisis. Yep. This includes nearly thirty thousand DACA recipient healthcare workers, like doctors and mm-hmm. nurses, mm-hmm. who are on the front lines of this response. Not only are they the heroes risking their lives to protect their community, but they are living with the incredible stress and uncertainty about the future of DACA. So um, this is just a really good reminder with people. (laughs) And I I wanted, knowing that you are a DACA recipient, I wanted to get your perspective. What does it mean to be a DACA recipient? It's a blessing. Uh, That's just the bottom line. It's a blessing. Um, You know, and and I'm not going to go into it, but and it, and politicians and in the political world and the government world, you don't see behind the scenes. You know, you don't see the. I guess I should say I don't know the spiritual. I would say the scene that the things are not seen. But for DACA was a blessing and a prayer answer for thousands of parents, thousands of kids. You know, your future was cut when you get to high school, and then you you don't know what to do. What's next? I mean, it's something that, and and we, I I feel that we have so much to give to this nation, not just me, because I'm like, compared to my colleagues, DACA recipients, I mean, they're genius compared to me, doctors uh. and this and that, I'm just like, you know, but they're, these people, I mean, we give the best out, because that's what we have to give. The, you know, I, I just, I was just talking to one, one, one of my DACA recipients, one of my friends, He's just 20, I think. And he, he, he was brought to the United States, States when he was six months old. Wow. He doesn't know any other nation. For him, he's American. I mean, yeah. he, you know, from Mexican parents. But to him, he, even, he didn't even know that when you're a DACA recipient, you don't have the right to vote. Wow. He told me, uh, and I'm like, um, I don't think you know that. You, he didn't know this. Wow. He thought it was just like any other, anybody else that was born here. You know what I'm saying? So this is what, this is... This is, uh, and and I understand that there's regulations, there's principles. I understand that there's rules. I, under, I understand that everything has to be organized and measured and stopped. And, and I, don't think, I don't think that immigration should be in disorder. I don't believe that. I don't. Because the God we serve, the God this nation serves, is a God of order. See, I, I give you that. But people that has... I mean, come on, we go to government schools. Really, uh, the you know, everybody has really uh, invest. The government has invested in us. Now, we want to give back. And it's like, they don't see that. Like, we want to give back. We have so much within us. We really do. We have so much uh, energy and ideas and and everything. We have so much that we can that we we're exploding. We <laughs> want to give it to the world. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, tell me. And, um, uh-huh. I don't want to interrupt you. I just oh, okay. What is one thing you really wish? Because it sounds like you're about to answer this. But what uh-huh. is one one thing you really wish people would understand when it comes to being a like? What's a misconception that you would like to correct for people? Well, see, the thing that I don't understand really. It's, 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 um, how can you know see? 
how much value we can offer. That's, I have always, anybody, not just like anybody, like Republicans, Democrats, Independents, we bring, so I feel, and not just because I'm a DACA recipient, just because, I, I mean, a person, non, don't think about DACA right now, but I'm a person that has a bachelor's degree. I, uh, I love to work. I, you know, I'm, I'm here to give. I'm young. I'm, you know, uh, we innovate or whatever. So I was thinking, why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why can you not help us give you? I'm telling you, DACA's, DACA's recipients are the best investment the, the United States can ever do. Um, let's talk a little bit about your faith again. Um, uh-huh. What are, what have you learned about yourself through your faith? Um, let me see. I have learned, th- that's the thing that I have learned, and that's the hardest thing you could learn, I think. When you're in a trial and a tribulation, a, a, a temptation or a test, um, it's because they're forming you. They're forming your character. They're forming who you are. They're shaping you to, to uh, step up to the next level of where you're going. And that's the hardest because, really, we're all humans. It's hard. It's hard uh, to... To be, to be a person of faith in the world we're living in. It's real hard, but it's real worth it. And that's what my faith has taught me. You, you know, when I'm, you know, when God is letting you go through something, he's shaping you. It, it is hard. The moment is like, God, why this? What, you know? But that's the moment where you go inside of yourself and find the things you thought you never had. And your eyes are open to things that, you never thought you could see it's it's something so miraculous like it really is that's what the bible said rejoice in your trials which is that's like what <laughs> at the moment you're like what but it's true afterwards you're like oh i'm glad i went through this oh i'm glad because you're a better person if you let yourself be god by god which that's real hard it's hard it's it i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it's hard what are some resources that might help people that are struggling to find themselves um, I, I believe that, once again, life, I believe that life is hard. But I believe that life is harder without God. Just because you are, cre- I'm telling you, your creator is the one that has all the answers. Nobody else does. Nobody else. I don't have it. Even even, even, even your parents don't have it. Because we're all limit. We're all, we did, you know, they, yeah, they conceive you, but they didn't create you. In the womb of your mother, like the Bible says, you know. So, what I believe is, you want to find your purpose in life? Talk to your creator. And I guarantee you that if you come with a humble heart, talk to him like I did one day in my heart. He sees the the sincerity of your heart. Once you do that, I guarantee you your life will change. You have a purpose. That's, That's it. Every God never makes anything without purpose. We are creation of God, you know, children, creation of God. If you talk to him, you find your purpose. Promise you.
Thank you so much for sharing this. This is such good wisdom that you are sharing for our listeners. Um, and I just want to end, like, Paloma, what is your dream? Like, what do you want to do someday? That's funny. <laughs> well, that's it's funny because, um, uh, like I said, you know, back to what I said, God shapes you as you go. And uh, um, I have, uh, my mind has changed, but it, it goes the same direction. I don't know if that makes any sense. But, um I was, I was actually, I've been thinking a lot right now of, uh, I want to go to law school. Um, it, it, it might not be like tomorrow or this year, next year, but eventually I want to go to law school and, uh, you know, become a lawyer. And, um, eventually I really, I really hope one day I can work for the United Nations or work, uh, in the government of the United States. That's really my ultimate Goal. Yay! Well, that is so amazing, and I hope that that happens for you. We'll have to keep track of you. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, friends, take a moment this month and think about the Hispanic voice and the diversity and all the cultures that are part of that. And um, it's not just one voice, uh, <laughs> but I am so grateful today to have Paloma here to share her perspective. So thank you so much, Paloma. It's an honor. And thank you for listening, friends. And we will see you or uh, talk to you next month. Bye. Yes, thank you so much for listening in. And don't forget to head on over to Patreon for the MVS Patreon podcast after show where we get silly and get a little extra wisdom from our guests. You don't want to miss it. Get on over there. Um, Also, thank you for listening to this episode. This was recorded live, so we definitely had some cell phones ringing. We had some technical issues, but we made it work. So thank you for hanging in there with us. And we will be back next month. Until then.